0: To us in debt, yeah. they come to us, you know, how do we fix these bottom lines? We're just trying to keep the lights on.
1: Becoming a master is not about doing 4,000 things, it's about
0: doing 12 things 4,000 times. The Ultimate Sales Machine presents the CEO Mastery Show for entrepreneurs looking to grow faster, better, smarter. If you would like to have a profound breakthrough in your business, talk to our team live by visiting chetholmes.com forward slash breakthrough good advice is contextual get your answers at chetholmes.com forward slash breakthrough
1: welcome to the b2b community builder podcast i'm your host pablo gonzalez and chief executive connector and uh, we are in vegas doing a content activation where amanda holmes has been so gracious as to accompany us and and be on this journey of what we're doing uh Amanda is the CEO of Chad Homes International and kind of the, you're the steward of a beloved brand. Yes. Which is cool.
2: Thank you.
1: And not just a beloved brand, uh, meaning the ultimate sales machine, but a beloved brand that is beloved for, for the impact it has created in people's lives.
0: Very much so. Yeah,
1: that's cool. Let's talk about what we're doing right what, yeah. what, what are we what what would you say up for Amanda
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well it all started it was really interesting I yeah. I heard you speak and uh-huh. I was enthralled by this idea that you did the, I mean I don't know how much those that have watched have heard but um, Paulo did this wonderful case study where he took a podcast this that- podcast. Oh, okay. All right. And it generated um, in the five figures. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then he did another podcast and it generated tens of millions of dollars. And his method of how he does content to produce great relationships that Mm -hmm. produce revenue was Mm -hmm. just fascinating to me. And that was really the draw that then said, I'm doing one of these. And I said, Oh, sign me up! I'd love to see how you do this and be a part of it. And so I'm grateful to be here.
1: Yeah, it's cool, man. I'm happy you're here too. Like, uh, you know, this to me is a microcosm of um, the value of having a stage, right? Like, it's whenever you have a stage, getting to invite people onto it, right? It's this like awesome invite that you get to attract wonderful people because most people that want to take a stage have something to say and they have something (laughs) that they care about and uh, it attracts really really wonderful people and you know this podcast has been my stage for a while before that it was uh charity groups right like my stage was just like my 20 young professionals that I was a steward of and I could reach out to the superintendent school and get breakfast with him because he's going to be speaking to 20 young professionals right mm-hmm. and now these like I'm really excited about the future of these content activations right like this yeah. is um I came up with a word for it when I was on my creativity streak on the on the, on the plane but it's it's Content-driven, content-focused experiential marketing, right? Mm. Something along those lines. Oh, I love yeah.
0: that.
1: Yeah. So, so I'm excited. I had I'm just conceptualizing right now the idea that this is going to be the first of many, and you and me may do a couple more of these or a bunch more I of hope these. So. But I also feel like. I'm gonna be doing a bunch of these and I have this invite to, every time it's a new thing. It's like a new baby, right? Like I like to surf, every wave is different. Yeah. So every experience is gonna be different and every time I'm gonna get a chance to invite somebody extraordinary, which I find really compelling, which I think is kinda of cool,
0: yeah. Wonderful.
1: Yeah, 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 so that's awesome. I'm glad, I'm glad we created that. All right, Amanda, I wanted to start with you on, we talk about this, that you are, you're the, you're the reluctant CEO that stepped into the limelight and have really embraced it and done very well. And the way that I understand it, the reason why you got over the reluctance and took it was because of this brand that you're the steward of, right? Like this love of a community. Tell, tell me a little bit about. Tell me a little bit about how it all dawned on you that this was, ah, this is what I want to be doing. Can you tell me about that?
0: Ooh. Uh, well, f- some backstory for, sure. for people a bit. So I was a singer-songwriter, yeah. right? I had just okay. released my fourth record. I went to music school, mm-hmm. so no part of my father's organization. Mm-hmm. And then my father sadly passed, and nine years ago. and. And there was no plan. There was no succession plan. There was nothing planned for me to step in. And for the first two years, I looked around and went, okay, let me put a C-suite in here. Let me hire a CEO or a CTO or a CFO. I mean, we've assisted over 250,000 businesses around the world at this point. So my father's book, Ultimate Sales Machine, is in the top 10, most recommended sales books of all time. I don't know, so, if, it's,
1: I don't know if it's in the shop, but okay. Ultimate Sales Machine, cult classic.
0: <laughs> so, um Yeah, it was a ginormous organization, all filled with executives, right? Our clientele were executives and here I am, 25, 26, looking at this going, oh my God, I have nothing to be able to know how to be a part of this or do this. So I first started just by asking questions. Mm -hmm. I would peep in on calls and I would go, hi guys, who is that? It's Amanda. hi, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. And, and, um, and as I started asking more questions, people said, you're asking the right questions, keep asking, mm. you know, because a lot of people walk into leadership roles and they think, oh, well, I know everything, let me tell you this, yeah. when do you ever get anybody to grow with you or, or to adopt, right, yeah. and go with you, so first, it was a lot of questions.
1: What, um, when, they, when people were telling you that you were asking the right questions, what, what were those questions? You have
0: a sense of that? Yeah, so for instance, uh, we grew our following on radio. And it just so happened that right as my father passed, laws went by that you couldn't drive and hold a cell phone. So our mm. call center, our call to action was call in to get this free report. Mm-hmm. So our calls dropped off significantly. So our lead source was in a real dire straight. And my father was the innovator. Mm. And everyone else didn't know how to innovate. So mm. we were running, f- radio ads with his voice still Mm. a year after he had passed we Mm -hmm. didn't my the marketing team didn't know what to do with it um and and then they were also having a hard time tracking the results so i'm just trying to understand this puzzle just like everyone else right so i'm just asking questions you know what what was what's our conversion rates um how do we know about this particular ad how did it produce have Mm -hmm. we run other ads with different voices right just yeah. simple things. Just
1: intuitive questions.
0: But I... Yeah, right. Yeah, right. The intuition was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think there was so much overwhelm at the time that it, it was a little bit hard for people to see past that overwhelm.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Interesting. So. All right. So then so talk me through it then. So you, you're asking the right questions. You're questioning yourself.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then so I study under an Indian saint, mm-hmm. Sarvalokama Her Holiness Shri Shishi 1008 Guruji Punamji. it's very long but we just refer to her as Guruji. So she had told me that it would be wonderful that this legacy that my father had created that uh, I could continue it on and, and give it a new life and and then that would be good for me. Mm-hmm. That would be what's best for me at this point which mm-hmm. at the time I'm like that is crazy, there's no way that I could do that, right? I just didn't think it was physically possible. But she assured me that it would be, yeah. and then what I really fell in love with was our people, mm-hmm. our clients. I mean, it's not, sales training is something that can completely change your world, yeah, right? Yeah, totally. It takes a company from a million dollars to five million, from five million to 10 million, mm-hmm. from a hundred million and beyond. Yeah. So uh, people will come back to me, you know, they would cry to me all the time about my father passing. They. F- they felt like it was their uncle or their father themselves right that was the kind of bond that that book and my father's trainings created for people
2: yeah
0: i even just had one last week of a gentleman who's like i'm so grateful i'm alive today because i got in a car crash last week and your dad talked in the book about how to bounce back when you fall because he got in a car crash and he explains this process and he's like if i hadn't read that i i would have gotten probably killed in this car crash like the randomest things, wow. but the most miraculous gifts, and all around the world. I mean, the book is in thirteen languages. So yeah, yeah. I was just talking to a gentleman. Uh, the most recent thing that people have been telling me is that the book is uh, second to the Bible. It's the it's the book they read the most.
1: Yeah, and I've and I've experienced this right. Like every time every time I pull you into a room. <laughs> Somebody in the room is like, Oh my God, Ultimate Sales Machine. And I'm like, this is cool, right? Like, this is what made me think of you for this, right? Because I'm just like, I've never I've never seen Amanda. And and up until this weekend, it was all virtual rooms. But yes. it still happened, right? Like, Alex was yeah. like, Ultimate Sales Machine when we hadn't even told him. <laughs> Um Which I find really fascinating. That's interesting. So this, when you're talking about uh, a process that takes somebody from 1 million to 10 million, that is... Taking somebody from having eight to 10 employees to having 25 lives that they are now in charge of. Yes. To, you know, being pretty sure that their kids can go to private school all they want from that delta between one to 10 million. Yep afford colleges and stuff like that
0: yeah and and if you look at organizations sixty percent of companies don't make a profit yeah so at a million maybe even some millionaires are making more than the ten million dollar companies right they come to us in debt they come to us you know how do we fix these bottom lines we're just trying to keep the lights on
1: yeah 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 no I get it I get it I get it that's really interesting the impact right so then okay so then now you you start to have people feel like this this book Your father's training, the work that he's done, and the bonds that he's are—how would you phrase it? Would you would you at that point think that it went from being a burden to being an honor? Do you think it went from being like did it become a? What's the from to there of like the feeling of this thing?
0: It took a lot longer, (laughs) yeah, for it to become something really wonderful, Uh um, because it was a lot. Um, of problems at first mm-hmm. so I would say six years worth of just everything you could possibly think that could yeah, go wrong yeah, did stuff, it's yeah. it's vicious brutal I mean yeah 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 so it wasn't until much more recently that and I spent a lot I, I spent last year I only worked one day a week and the rest of it I was working in a non because I honestly was like are there good people in the world anymore? That's where I had actually brought myself until um, I got brought onto a board of a company. And Mm. I started watching how they interacted as a culture and that started to warm me up Mm. again to the fact that there are wonderful organizations out there and Mm -hmm. people that really care. You just have to create that and then you have to Attract that with more people yeah. and make it very clear that that's your intention, right? And then you, that expands more and more. So I, I slowly got the, the belief back. <laughs> but we still doubled sales last year, and I only worked one day a week. So.
1: That's not bad. The word that you went to there was the word I was thinking about intention. Like, I, I do think to create a corporate cult, to create any kind of culture within a group of people that is a good culture, it yeah. needs to be intentional. Yes. What did you see, what did you see this board doing that was intentional that you then started applying?
0: Uh, The leader. I really loved the leader. He just, he always was very frank and they're in Missouri and uh, I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but... Good old
1: Midwestern values. (laughs) (laughs) Something. Like, I
0: show up the first day and one of the staff walks up to me and I'm like, how do you like working here? And he's like, if Tom Douglas told me to walk out into the middle of the street in traffic, I would do it. I would follow him to the middle of the street. And this is like nobody's asking. There's no cameras on, yeah, yeah, no yeah. nothing. He's just yeah, yeah. speaking from his heart. I'm like, can I bring you over to the camera? Can you say that in front of the camera? Because it was so authentic and so real. Yeah. He just, yeah, I think he upholds truth more than anything else. And he talks about that a lot. Mm-hmm. And at the transparency of that. Transparency. And the authenticity and he really practices servant leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those things were very inspiring and because he held that so true and he you could tell that he upholded it with every fiber of his being, that everyone around him, it made them level up and even the board. I've heard that boards are terrible and that they're not so good. I've had my own and it was a interesting um but uh in his every single member is like what can we do to make this the best possible it's not about you know a name or an ego in the door right it's just how can we provide the most value and i think that that's magnificent
1: did you see them baking that in formulaically or is it such a strong leader because i you know it can come from one person and then kind of like what you described, right? Like it sounds like your dad was kind of one of those guys. Yeah. And then when your dad wasn't around, it all kind of, like what, what, what is, is there ways to bake that in or is it is it really driven by that top-down thing?
0: I should introduce you to Tom. He would do much better at this. Well, I, he, love to it, I mean, he has a hundred staff and yeah. they're, and I can see that the whole organization lives and breathes it.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, that is not my expertise Got because it. I walked into the Wild West, mm-hmm. right? My yeah. father, had brilliant people around him, yeah. and they'd worked with him for decades, yeah. so they were very loyal. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, there was also kind of this cowboy piece mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And when the sheriff wasn't around, it became
1: mm.
0: um, very intense. <laughs> I would not say that I am the expert on culture, but yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Okay, that makes sense. So all right, so then let's talk about leadership, and let's talk about fathers. Right. One of the things that I wanted to dive into you with is this idea that I, I feel that you and I must have had some similar experiences growing up because my father was also, you know, your dad cut his teeth as the uh, guy that grew a bunch of Berkshire Hathaway companies, right? Yep. My dad grew the portfolio of a very, very, you know, very, very rich family as well in Venezuela that owned multiple positions across multiple industries, and that's why we moved so much around the world. Mm. And ergo, I grew up, you know, just kind of, mixing with CEOs and, you know, high power people uh, and I found it very, very normal and and therefore I do find that I have this like privilege of not being intimidated by a title walking into a room ever Mm -hmm. and not really like, you know, I guess I've I've never felt like I don't belong in any room Mm. um, as a result of that. I wonder what your, you were telling me a little bit about how your dad would bring you guys on. Tell tell me a little bit about kind of like how you interacted, you know, something I'm really curious, tell me a little bit about how you interacted with your dad's business as a kid growing up and like that life.
0: I really didn't. I didn't really know what he did. When mm. people would ask me what my father did, I go, yep. I don't know. He's got companies. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, re- I didn't know I what mean, my dad did either, really.
0: because um, yeah. there's just it spanned over so many different things, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah.
0: Twelve different companies. Yeah. But um, I'm actually curious of you, if yeah, you don't sure. mind. So when I was surrounded by all these brilliant minds, mm-hmm. right? I I found that it. That they were very passionate, for mm. the most part, about what they did. My father surrounded himself by a lot of speakers and authors that's and true. leaders of industry, yeah. and to be able to have that leadership, they were very engaging and very interesting, and and I could tell that they really believed in what they did because they were that vivacious type. Mm. Did you feel that? Did that? Were you surrounded by that? I wondered if. No, that's I all. can't
1: say. I can't say I was. Okay. I, I was surrounded by. A bunch of you know my my dad's circle when i by the time that I got into like the consciousness of it after you know after Spain in Spain it was very old Spanish money mm. right like um the number one real estate holder in Spain is this guy, someone Flores who's like sixth generation Samuel Flores that has been breeding bulls for 200 years and cool. like he serves up the bullfights in Spain and okay. like the king hunts on his land and oh, you know all this like really like statesman stuff. Wow. Well, um fascinating, okay. fascinating old world. Okay. And then and then there was other people where we like we would stay at like the Alcazars like private residence, you know, like weird stuff like that. And then and then here in Miami, it was all a bunch of second generation, you know, like first generation Cuban refugees that did well, that were then presidents of hospitals and, but, but it was much more corporate America than presentation America, right? Right? Like it was, it was very much like the contractor that has a hundred million dollar business and the uh, telecom company that has a million dollar business, but none of them grew through PR, not a single one of them. Uh. Right? Like none of that them. That is an
0: interesting distinction, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because a lot of my, my fathers were entertainers as well as, you know, yeah. they made their money. Okay. Fascinating. Yeah.
1: Did you grow up? Did you have like a like an endearing thing about it, right? Like I think about these guys. Like I think about like Julio Pita and Agustin Arellano and I'm like, I love these guys.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right? like, Why? Why did you love them? Because
1: Julio Pita did this thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they were just, uh, they were there were i i always as a kid grew up just like assuming that the world liked me and i liked it back i guess Mm -hmm. right so the people that i was around i just have this this connection to and i was a very outspoken kid so adults took interest in me cool um and i and I, i you know so i wonder i i kick it back to you like did I imagine that you were an outspoken, like a yes. a, a young woman that could hold her, yes, that could, that of course. could eat yeah. with manners and be at a table right. and like have a conversation.
0: Well, I, I can remember my father training both me and my brother on how to do that, yeah, right? Um, and one of his favorite quotes was, maturity is when all of your mirrors turn to windows. Mm-hmm. Ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: maturity is when all of your mirrors turn to
0: windows. Yeah. Um, I'll say it one more time because it was so powerful. Maturity is when all your mirrors turn to windows.
1: Okay, what does that mean?
0: It means to look beyond yourself and really look through to other people to ask them questions. To it's the same as it's not about being interesting; it's about being interested, right? So he would train us to how do you ask the other person what is what are their interests? What you know? Um, I, I like I can't even talk surface level with people anymore. It's just so bizarre to mm. me. I can't do the small talk thing. I have yeah. to. Better understand what makes you tick. What is interesting to you? Yeah. I want to be interested by what makes you interested. I want to understand why that's interesting for you, right? Yeah, yeah. So those those kinds of questions, it was almost like a game. How much could we get them to speak more so that um, we better understand where they were coming from?
1: At what age? At what age did that game start landing for you? Like, at what age do you remember the first time they're like, okay, so conversations are a game. Let's do this. <laughs>
0: as far as i can remember really, i don't know i mean i was very talkative
1: yeah we see we weren't we we were not taught personal development as kids Okay. like you know I mean, like to me like yeah. your your oh, dad's, no, I got your dad's like greening personal yeah, yeah, yeah. development and stuff like that we were just taught manners okay. we were taught you know like family values
2: okay
1: but family values are not exactly congruent with personal development often.
2: (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) You know, right? Like old world, Hispanic family values are really just like, no, 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 here's the perimeter. Right. And uh, no more growth. This is it. This is us. That's them. Okay. Um, So that's interesting. So that's interesting. Yeah. So so you're around that. Continue.
0: So like one of my father's favorite questions he would always ask is, if you could go back to the age of 14, knowing everything you Mm. know now, but Mm. you'd lose everything that you have, would you do it? or would you rather con- uh, yeah that's the question so knowing everything
1: it? I know now yes. of course who wouldn't do that
0: a lot of people wouldn't they'd be like what if I don't meet my wife what if I don't have my children I, they would be too afraid to lose what they have now to go back to that age
1: oh that never crossed my mind
0: but oh. it, it strikes great conversation as well
1: yeah, yeah it's like
0: you know that's a question that really yeah. asks at the heart of somebody who are you and what makes you tick and what's important to you
1: yeah so what's who are you what makes you take it? what's important to
0: <laughs> <for> you <laughs> yeah see I don't even know man going back to 14 would be really really a lot I've crammed a lot in I'm one of those that like has to cram 60 seconds out of every minute so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's a lot of living
1: you know I'm not somebody that has I, I, I agree with the overall tenant of like I don't want to be anywhere but where I've ended up right now But I also think, more time, sure, right, like, I'm, I love, I guess I love life, and I feel like I'm the best version I've ever been of myself right now, so why not get more of it?
0: That's wonderful.
1: Which is where my answer of, of course, now that you say, what about if I never met my wife? Now (laughs) I feel like a jerk. (laughs)
0: But that's awesome. That shows you, right? That you're just willing to go for an adventure, right? It says a lot about you. It's fascinating. It's a great question to start a conversation that's more than just, you know, what's going on at business today, right? Because then when you really know the person, then it becomes something even more magical when you do become a business, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that 100%. So where is... What is your take on the role of community creation as far as how it affects the businesses that you've worked with, the business that you're working on right now? Um, what's your take on that?
0: Uh, the best community I've ever been a part of is the nonprofit, Divine Bliss International. Mm-hmm. And that really has helped me sculpt my values in a really serious way. Um, and I'm very grateful for that community. It's mm-hmm. like a second family to me. And we span across the world. So whenever I'm, it just last week, I was driving at two in the morning and I was kind of falling asleep. So I called my my friend in Thailand. I'm like, keep me up because it's broad daylight there, right? Hey. Or <laughs> um, I'm kind of a night owl. So I'll call one of my best friends in Australia, who's a part of that group. And yeah. uh, there's a bunch in Singapore and then there's some in America as well. Mm-hmm. And, and that really taught me the value of I think it's an like an old um, African tradition of you only go so far alone, if you want to go fast go alone, if you want to go far go as a team, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, watching my guru and how she taught that, that dynamic uh-huh. and it took years of working with all these different, cause especially with different nationalities, I'm sure you can relate to Porsche, that, right? Porsche, like yeah. Everyone comes from a different, we'd be perpetually offending everybody because yeah, yeah. somebody from Asia feels that the American is too loud, right? I was always too oh, loud. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, what have I done now? Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but once you bridge those gaps and you understand where people are coming from, yeah. man, you just, the, sp- the speed and the strength and the stability of a team is magnificent. Mm. Hmm. That's where I've learned it more than than what I've learned in CHI.
1: So I 100% echo with that. To me, everything that I talk about in community, I am reverse engineering from nonprofits.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, 100%. That's where you come? Okay.
1: Yeah, kind of like you, right? Had a career, got super involved in a nonprofit. The outlook of how we activate people when it's just for the greater good versus when it's a transaction yeah. has completely changed my life.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. And and that's even even what it, even the internet talk show is a evolution of how we hosted our young professional meetings. Wow. And how we pulled off events and how I used it as a stage and how that got me then business and wow. like it's all been an iteration through that. Oh my so, gosh. So I completely agree. Yeah. I, have you have you made some of those bridges? Have you have you done any of that stuff from like seeing how the nonprofit and everything that you were doing works? Like, why don't we take some of this nonprofit framework and put it over here? Have you done any of that?
0: Yes, definitely. With my team, I mean, empowering my team. So when I first came into the business, it was all about, let me prove myself. I'm gonna prove to you guys that I can do this, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I bring in the biggest client. Watch me double our marketing, right? Watch me you know, innovate our sales team. So it was all about like, let me prove myself, cause I was kind of kind of needed to. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. but at some point, uh, and I was really blessed to be around you know world class people, so I got to absorb a lot along mm-hmm. the way. But but at one point, I started realizing, well, if this is just the Amanda show, what's the real point here, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are we trying to do? We're trying to impact as many people as possible and give them something that's proven, something that's decades, right? Yeah. And it doesn't have to be Amanda doing everything, yeah. which was a big a big realization, and then giving others the platform to be able to rise up and stand as leaders themselves, mm-hmm. right? And that's when I took on... Um, I have a little intern that's 12 years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's amazing. Yeah. He's amazing. He has... Domestic?
1: Domestic. Yeah.
0: Well, no, he's in Canada, actually. Uh, But he has reviewed 100 products on his YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. He's 12. He's already released a course to teach other young children how to use video in their marketing efforts. That's a good sign it's insane what this kid can do and I'm so proud of him and I just want to lift him up right like that is just so magnificent and I want everybody in my organization to grow Uh and feel that whereas before it was just about what can I prove Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so it was a competition with all of my staff which you know got me to one place but it's not going to get me to the next place
1: so how does that application change right so when you're going from like I'm going to carry this thing you guys are going to have to compete with me to no 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 I want to enable people to grow How does your interaction change? How does your approach change?
0: So, and we find this very often with CEOs, Mm -hmm. right? So you walk into a meeting and you go, okay, this is what we're gonna do. These are all the steps and this is what I want done, right? Mm -hmm. Because the CEO has to be confident, the CEO has to come in, they have to be the brains, right? Mm -hmm. And then how often does the actual team implement that idea? Right? Well, it's boss's idea. I'm not responsible for it. Right? Whatever he says, here we go. Yeah, Yeah, here's another idea. Right? He's read another book. Right? Whatever it (laughs) may be. But so instead of coming to every meeting feeling that I'm on the spot of I have to prove something, Mm -hmm. now it's uh, I am here to discern. Mm -hmm. I am the discerning factor. You come to me with the decisions of something if you're stuck but I'm relying on you to provide the answers, to provide the solutions, and giving you the platform to be able to rise up. I might even say, this is something that I'm working on. What are your suggestions? As opposed to, I felt that I had to come up with every answer. Mm. And that doesn't create a, a sustainability amongst my staff.
1: Yeah, you're teaching people how to make decisions instead of making decisions for them. Yeah. Yeah, I like that, that's cool.
0: And we teach that. That's part of the book too, right? I'm like reading it in the the book book. and I'm like, oh okay, I gotta do this, right? So there's systems of how to do that and foster that and create accountability and create responsibility and
1: yeah. I'm I'm sitting here trying to digest the idea that you're navigating you're navigating your dad's legacy with a manual that your dad left you. Yeah. That's so that's so deep to me. And I think about the role of content as a legacy, right? Like what we talked about at lunch. This idea that I really wish that my, I really, you know, my, my brother used to write, everybody in the family, we have like a family, like Yahoo group from like <laughs> 25 years ago. And um, every time it was somebody's birthday in that group, my brother would write them a poem. Oh. And, my, and my mom has like the whole list of the, of the, of the poems, right? Mm. And then I have this, like, one video of my brother singing in the car. And and I think about the idea that in two years I'm going to be my brother's age when he passed. And, like, have I... Was he right or was he not right? <laughs> you know, like, like I, you know, it was... So... What
0: do you mean by that? Was he right or was he not Oh,
1: right? man, I'm thinking about this one thing specifically. I'm, yeah, thinking about, I'm thinking about the fact that he told me at one point that he's like, I've already peaked. And... Um, you know i've had to like accept the fact that i've already peaked and i was like bert you've never peaked right like you've never peaked like that is a that is a false thing right like i just did, i didn't have like the the language back then because i wasn't in personal development i didn't have like false narrative and you know whatever um And, you know, like negative self-talk or whatever, right? But, like, I I just – it just didn't make any sense to me, right? Like, I'm like, no, dog. (laughs) Like, you are – you can always not peak. He's like, no, because once your trajectory is – tapers off, you're done. So, like, I'm already at my peak. I've made my peace. And I wondered – and I – and really, I'll tell you right now where I'm at in life. I'm feeling like I don't really think that that's accurate, that I'm going to feel like I will have already have peaked by the time I'm 42. But –
0: Was he an athlete? No. Okay.
1: No. Um,
0: That's very common with athletes.
1: It's common with athletes. And that's
0: why they crash so hard. I mean, what is it, like 80th or 90th percentile of of athletes end up going bankrupt? Yeah, correct. Professional athletes. Yeah, 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 correct. I have a best friend who said the exact same thing to me. Yeah. He, He made... He had this one game that was so crazy. They won the ESPY for it. Mm. He he, um, yeah. He like hit four home runs with a broken yeah. finger or something, and he's like, "I've peaked. I accept it. It's okay."
1: Listen, that might be true for an athlete, right? Like, if if you can't redefine how to get your fix from something, like it's going to be really hard to beat. The camaraderie of a locker room, the adoration of like 40,000 people yeah. watching you do your job. Like, yeah. I empathize for athletes, man. That's tough.
0: That's the same thing with astronauts.
1: And astronauts. Yeah.
0: <laughs> How, okay, you've reached the moon. Now <laughs>
1: what? Yeah, 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 yeah. Now what? Now what?
0: Yeah. So I get it. That is a very yeah. valid thing that people do say.
1: Yeah. Right? I, but it's. For, for For him, though, he just felt like at one point people saw me as this young guy with promising talent in my career and now I'm just like a guy in the corner and I'm like you can always redefine that of but
2: course it, but it
1: was pre internet of things so much right like I mean it, I don't know man like I, I guess I didn't understand all this stuff but so so I think about that I guess I guess where I wanted to go with it is when you are going back to the book like Is you interacting with the framework of this book and running this company like an ongoing feeling of connection with your father? Honest question.
0: Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely.
0: I've done a lot of work on that actually because there's also a lot of work on just being able to realize who I am as an individual Mm -hmm. versus my father. So one of his... Growing up he always said that I want you to do what you love and I've sacrificed my life so that you can do what you love. You know what he really wanted to be? Mm. He wanted to be a movie director. Mm. So he wrote seven different screenplays, he sold one to Warner Brothers, he made one independently, and that was his love. Hmm. And because he was so darn good at sales, he just could not get away from how magnificent that was, that career was. Yeah. So he told me and my brother, so my brother became an actor for mm-hmm. some time, and I was a singer, yeah. right? So yeah, it was yeah. just the like the arts, right? He wrote yeah. a couple hundred songs, he loved music,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. and um, so that was part, that was my passion and um so there was this question of or still is this question of okay it's it wasn't even my father's absolute love, right, and mm. he passed at fifty five and mm. he never got to do that. Mm. so what is that for me so there was a there at the very beginning, there was a lot of friction of really going in into the business because my father died at fifty five working himself into his grave, yeah. right yeah so it's 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 a fine line
2: mm-hmm.
0: of honoring him while also honoring myself yeah. and I'm still navigating that right yeah. and I have taken years and lots of dedicated time towards the nonprofit which I'm very very passionate about mm-hmm. um, you know I watched I lived in the hospital with my father for a year and a half while he was going through his cancer treatment and we went to 200 of the top alternative doctors during that Point and that's how I met my guru was mm. uh, through this search, mm-hmm. and I became so passionate about health mm-hmm. and how can you be preventative about health? How can you use your own thoughts and mm-hmm. the way you think and the way you live to be healthy and happy and wiser? So that's something that I I have to do. I, I have to do. As far as music, I don't know if I'll ever go back to that, but but I I've done heaps of work to. Recognize that my father did one thing and this is what I'm doing and mm-hmm. uh, yeah and it's a continual process
1: it's funny man I heard one of the one of the things that I heard early on in my entrepreneurial journey that really rings true to me that that makes me want to repeat this as you're saying this is the freedom is not the ability to do whatever you want freedom is the doing
2: mm.
1: right and I hear that in I hear that in what you're saying right like it's like where is the what's that fine line of freedom of like is this what i really want to be doing i mean it is obviously what you want to be doing but long term what's the what is that you want to be doing kind of thing right that 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 you're asking right And, and the other thing that comes to mind is this idea of i do think that somewhere in your for me it was in my late 20s early 30s that i finally realized where my family ended and i began Right, like how much of the stuff, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I carry with me that is yeah. family, but then there's some stuff that I, I dropped off at the door, hmm. right?
0: Huge, we all have that, yeah. we all have that, and it, it we're dictated by this frame that yeah. we believed, you know, my brother was the smarter one, my sister yeah. was the, you know, successful one, right, I'm the whatever I am, right, mm-hmm. and, and we think that that's what defines us, I thought, I'm a 24-year-old singer-songwriter, how could I ever, right? I'm not a sales executive. And the more that we can work internally on those ideas and those thoughts and identify what they are and then be willing to accept that and say, okay, I'm going to be the best version of myself, whatever that may be. I think that intention, holding that every day, and it's not even like every day. It's like it's nearly on the hour like I have to verbalize Uh, to myself I verbalize Mm -hmm. I grant myself permission to connect to my higher self that's that's my saying that I repeat all the time I grant myself permission to connect to my higher self because yeah it's so easy to be victim of your fears and your anxieties and your angers and your past traumas and your belief systems and Mm -hmm. you know
1: yeah when you're saying this, what I'm hearing is that the key is to continue to seek it. Yes. Right. So it's like wherever you're at right now, as long as you're still seeking it, as long as, cause you might be, this is what I want to be doing, yeah. but I'm still going to continue to seek whether or not this is what I want to be doing or not.
0: Yeah. Cause you make decisions every single day that can change that or alter that.
1: Or something happens in your life where all of a sudden what you want to be doing is no longer what you want to be doing. Yep. And we should have the freedom to do that
0: and that's when peaking I think that's the difference in peaking right you may have had something but but if you're staying if you're being clear that your intention every day is I'm gonna be the best version of myself Mm -hmm. then you can continually Transform and adapt, and you're checking in, and it Mm -hmm. defines something different. Maybe um, getting the praise from others was important, but then in the next phase of his life, maybe it was with his family or you know within himself. Which is what became
1: his last. You know, like as he was going, it was really all about family and happiness, and you know that's kind of that's where you go, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. You think that it's a monetary thing, but then you have your first child, and you're like. No. Nope. That was everything. the best one of the best moments of my life was seeing my daughter, seeing my son. Right?
1: Yeah. 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 So we've talked about the the book is a Queen on the chessboard of content. Right? Like we've seen it serves as a piece of legacy, right? It serves as it drives a community right like everybody that identifies with that book is like i'm in the homes what's up right that's awesome um what are you i know that you're a pretty prolific content creator and and you have a list and, and and you're doing how do you What what do you think about content overall when it comes to you, you serve all these different businesses, right? Like where, where, what's your mindset right now around content and growing businesses?
0: Well, I'll tell you one funny thing. Mm -hmm. So the publisher had told my father, don't put all of this great stuff in one book. (laughs) They're like, are you kidding me? This should be eight books. And he's like, no. This has to be the best freaking thing ever, right? Like mm-hmm. the publisher actually told him to stop putting so much that's value so, that's in so one typical. book.
1: Yeah,
0: isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's, so, that's
1: such a typical story.
0: And one of his, uh, one of my favorite sayings from that too is, is he's like, give your best stuff for free.
1: Mm. That's Go why on. he
0: didn't hold one thing back in that book because you feel like you have to covet it. You mm-hmm. know, you come up with a good idea and you're like, I don't want anybody to know, but then nobody finds out about your good idea, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So. Getting it out there and, and making that, I, I think that's hard for a lot of people is when they're doing content, they're not leading with their best material. They're saving it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Best for last, right? Mm-hmm. Don't save that. Yep. Put, put that right out there, right? And get it clear and get it into a system and, yep. right? A lot of people have these ideas, but then they don't develop them into a, my father was just brilliant at that, right? Yeah. Magnificent at How About that. what? about creating a system around it. How yeah, many yeah, people yeah. have have decided I'm gonna find a big client and I'm gonna win a big client, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's like as old as sales, right? But sure. my father put a title to it. He called it the Dream 100. Mm-hmm. He said, this Dream 100 is the fastest, least expensive way to double sales. And mm-hmm. let me tell you a story about how I doubled the sales of nine different divisions for a billionaire by the name of Charlie Munger, co-chairman of Berkshire Hathaway, right? He, oh, it gives me chills still, it's so silly, but He had a great title. Mm -hmm. He had a catchy phrase that Mm -hmm. hooked everyone like, who doesn't want the fastest, least expensive way to double sales? He had a story story. that backed it up with that social proof of what he did, right? And now, you know what I say? It is the one strategy that has doubled the sales of more companies than any other. And now we can actually say that because it has, because it's gone just beyond my father, right? So it, it. building a process and a system and a way of telling that story and packaging it, man, that package is so brilliant. I'll tell you a really quick story. The first lemonade stand I ever did, I was like nine, Uh and and I went to my dad. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do my lemonade stand, 50 cents. And he's like, no, this is what you're going to write on your lemonade stand flyer. You're going to say, world's best lemonade, $1. And I'm like, dad, everyone else is at 50 cents. He's like, just just put it on the sign and put it out there and i will tell you i got more lemonade and more people to stop because they couldn't believe the gumption of a nine-year-old saying world's best lemonade yeah, yeah. first person that asked is this really like what makes this the world's best lemonade i went my dad told me so <laughs> i got a little Here's bit smarter after that
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes
0: but it the packaging the mm. way that you place it yeah. the and then repeating that over and over and over again mm-hmm. I think that that's crucial mm-hmm. yep. there's a lot of content out there and and people can really you know go 50 ways yeah. to Sunday but if you can create that story and really with pig-headed discipline and determination keep repeating it then yep. I think that that's really a really powerful thing and, and then the content that I'm creating mm-hmm. all just brings it back to his timeless stuff, right? Yeah. So I can create something that's relevant today. You just with...
1: contextualize, contextualize, yeah. contextualize. Yeah. Yeah.
0: With more stories of another person. Yeah. Did you hear about this more person? Context. Right?
1: Yeah. I think you nailed it right on the head. I think it's give your best stuff away for free. And whenever you're working on something, be conscious of what you're doing so that you can describe it later. And then once you figure out what you did, then you package it. Yep. And you package it with... A Title
2: yeah.
1: this is what it is. This is how I did it. This is how you can do it. Yep That is infinite that is infinite content. Yep, right and and the hook point is story as old as time right like it's yep. like <laughs> I want to say your boy Russell Brunson because I, I say that all <laughs> the time but like Russell Brunson hook yeah. story offer Yep. right. It's like it's like hook. That's the, the catchy title and the value prop story right we all relate to stories that yeah. is a contextualization via a, a pattern that you can tell it in and then what's your offer right is your offer now you want to do business with me or is your offer just like I said something interesting enough for you to want to be my friend yeah right
0: and I and I think um, also when it comes to content so the way that I test my content mm-hmm. is I perpetually talk about it with yes. different people yes. and I and I watch their behavior right like yeah. so I've been talking about the new edition of the book right. right I'm writing the new That's edition right. of the book you just talked way. about it much, right. yeah right and so I've been talking about this for two and a half years and I've been working on it and writing it and. Oh, yeah, it's it's taken a lot, but I want it to be magnificent, yeah, right? I and bet. and that my dad took fifty years to write that book, so it's okay if I'm taking two and a half, right? Yeah. But um, I I really watch people's reactions, right? So one of the chapters is the encore that my father never got to give, mm. right? And I told mm. you that. Mm. Do you see his response? Mm. Right? Oh, yeah. So as soon as I saw one person's response, I was like, ooh, that's good. That might be something that I should continue to say. And then I kept repeating it to people and it hits. It's still hitting you. Yeah. It's still
1: like I'm I having know. goosebumps right now because it's I the, know. again, perfect, perfect, perfect case in point. The encore my, ne- my father never got to give. I'm curious. I was working late night. I found this email that was my dad's final chapter that he never got to put into it.
2: Yeah. Oh, I got chills again. Uh, yeah, so I, have,
1: I have chills right now all over my body, right? And whatever, whatever that is, I want to read yeah, it. Like, yeah. I want to read it. Yeah, That's but, perfect packaging.
0: Right. But I think that people kind of like just put things on social media or they're like they put ads to something or yep. they just – they're not watching human behavior, <laughs> right? There's something yep. to be said when you watch someone's face and yeah. you tell them and you see how their body reacts mm. to it. If Like I've been saying – I've also been saying that part of what I want to talk about is self-mastery. Mm. And people don't really have the same response. They're kind mm. of like, yeah. yeah, that sounds like work, right? So I'm like, okay, packaging isn't there yet. Yeah, self-mastery is <laughs> not the package. That is not that yeah. is not how you sell this, right? Yep. Yep. Which is interesting. You have to find the right thing and just keep testing it, right? right? But watching yep. the human response. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because we go so online so quickly today, it's hard to bring it back to that human.
1: That is That is exactly why I think that like the fundamental mistake people make with content is that they think audience in instead of relationship out. Mm. So if you can, whatever you're doing in content and what you think if you're number one, I always say make content with a buddy, right? Like exactly what you're saying, right? Like you, you are iterating through your content by like seeing how I react to it. And if you can capture something that makes me react in that way on video, yeah. Then I might not react the same just on like a screen, but it might be 85 90% of it, 95% of it. Yeah. And that's pretty freaking good scale, man.
0: Yeah.
1: So so that that is a perfect example of that, right? Like this idea of what works person to person,
0: yep.
1: is what works in content.
0: Yeah, I think that's why this whole journey of human to human has happened, right? It's not B to C, it's not B to B, it's H to H, it's human to human, it's heart to heart, because... It's true. It's so easy, so for a period of time, I didn't see any of our... The majority of our clients go through my sales team, they go to my coaches and Mm -hmm. my consultants and Mm -hmm. my presenters and all of this. I really only get to work with the Fortune 500 and our bigger clients, right? So I'm missing a huge gap of them and it started to become just kind of numbers like what's the open rate, what's the click-through rate, what's the purchase, you know, where are your sales? So this last, just in the last six months, and I also did it two years ago where I drove around the United States and I just said, I wanna meet you. So good. Let's just meet face to face. I wanna be in your office, I wanna be in your hometown and let me just interact with you because I had lost that. I had been yeah. too far away from yeah, it. that's really smart. And it was really interesting. It's been interesting to see that and, and to learn listening and observing.
1: What's the biggest takeaway that you took out of one of those trips that you would not have had if you didn't go and sit down in someone's office. Like, is there? You don't have to say who, but like, yeah. is there? Is there like something that you think about? I was like, oh my god, we've been doing everything wrong, because you were there.
0: Hmm. Um, <laughs> you want to know the truth? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no no man. I debated I'm like I could be more professional yeah. and say the truth uh say something else but honestly my last I just um uh, toured California and I'm mm-hmm. and I saw a bunch I just segmented my list how often do we do this where we just like go to our email database and say I'm gonna be in this city are you there yeah right? yeah or, or, to or even some coffee right or going on your Facebook page every time I'm going to a city I'm going to my Facebook page yeah. who lives in this city yeah message me, or I go to my text messages, and I'm looking through my address book to see. Because yeah. over the last you know, 30 years, I've made all these relationships that I yeah. just totally forgot about, and I'll reach out to somebody I haven't talked to in 15 years, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so I said, I'd like to meet with, with whoever, you yeah. know, just tell me. And the resounding, the one thing that people just kept saying as I met with them was, you know, we know that you've taken it over, and you've done such a great job, and we're really proud of you, and your father will be proud of you too but we know it's not your passion. Mm. What are you doing mm. about your passion? Every single one, these people don't even know me, right? They don't mm. know me, but mm. I mean, they see me maybe with my content and they get sure different materials over the years and they've watched me, right? They
1: feel that they know you well enough to look into your soul and tell you that.
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> I
1: mean, like that's pretty,
0: on, a, on a repeated basis, I In Spanish, I you call feedback.
1: that confianzudo. That's like really just like you're in there. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, uh, maybe I also give that to you. Yeah, yeah, I for can't sure. give that you off that you're I'm, very, like I'm I, I wear my heart on my sleeve, that's yeah. all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was weird to get as feedback.
1: So much feedback like that.
0: It was, mm. it was bizarre for me. And I'm mm. like, okay, I'm not fooling anybody here. Yeah. I, I'm honoring my father, mm-hmm. but there's also, there's things that I have to do too. Right? And, and it, I'm it's very grateful, to have. I'm very grateful that the nonprofit that I have found that and that there's things that I do there that really yep. mean something to me. That, yeah. That was interesting.
1: So based on that feedback, do you approach the way that you communicate with people differently? Like, are you, are you going to open up about talking about that? Like, if, if if the emperor has no clothes, anyways, are you going to still pretend to have clothes?
0: It has adjusted what I'm writing in the final chapter.
1: Hmm.
0: I'm doing my market data the self, right now. The self right?
1: mastery chapter.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> no, that, but that I. That could
1: be the emperor has new clo- no right. no clothes chapter, right?
0: No, it did. Um, it did adjust cuz i'm in the throes of that right now right yeah. i was just telling you, just you i was doing it, it this yeah. morning for 6 yeah. hours but i like to write in the middle of the night too i'm very good at like start at like 1 p- 1 a.m. and go until 4 mm. or 5 mm. but uh, yeah it's it's i'm just taking the feedback and seeing how i need to pivot right yeah, just yeah.
2: To
0: clear that i'm i'm working towards being the best version of myself that's yeah. that's so it's good feedback to get
1: Anything else? Is there anything else that I haven't asked you or something that you would, that's on your mind that you'd love to talk about or anything like
0: that? I thoroughly enjoyed talking to you yeah, about I all really. of the topics. I think we've really gone to the meaning of life. And <laughs> what, based on your understanding of what you've seen from all of these successful wealthy people, what would you define as a successful life? like or maybe maybe mm-hmm. how did that impact you in your pursuit of your own life
1: I don't know if I was impacted positively by it all and I don't know what positive or negative is with it all it dawned on me in my late 20s how privileged I've been and how much I've taken it for granted mm. At 28, I left Fortune 500 and took some time off, and it was the first time that I started doing my own laundry, ever. I didn't know how to do laundry. Yeah. <laughs> I lived—I mean, you want to get personal—I lived in California for five years. I don't think I changed my bed sheets. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I was an animal. Yeah. Like I think—I think back to—I think back to some of that stuff. So. I have a weird mix of having come up with the first generation of helicopter parentness mm. in a world that wasn't American, right? Like So that came with I guess I guess the positive way that it's affected me, right, is this, since I've never been monetarily driven, I assume that shit just happens it's there. I've had the good fortune to never have that cloud my judgment.
2: Mm.
1: I've been successful enough where I've never been desperate. At no point do I think that well if everything goes south, I can't just go home to my parents and stay with them. If I want, right I don't want to do that. I'm 40, right? Like right. I don't want to live with my parents. <laughs> but i do think that it is a buoyant force in what hope and expectations of yourself can be Mm -hmm. right With, with 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 what the fear is right so on a very positive way it's growing up around success has unclouded my judgment on how little the financial part of it matters when it comes to pure happiness and joy and What matters is the relationships that you have around you, be it with your family or with the people that you work with or the people that you're friends with and how rich those are. And I've never really expressed it that way, but it's very clear to me that that's the case. Even today, I am still not transactionally driven. I am relationship driven. Mm -hmm. And what is driving me now to continue to excel is this idea that I now have a team of eight like those relationships drive me man like like yeah. the idea that the idea that Gina could have an amazing life based on a piece of pie that I can grow yeah. and put her in a position right like our one of our, our first core values pursuit of happiness and to me the pursuit of happiness is this figuring out what you're really good at that you love to do figuring out how to do that to serve others, then figure out how to serve others with that thing that you're good at, that you love to do, and monetize it in an authentic fashion Mm -hmm. that doesn't take away from the integrity of it. Mm. And then it's like, if you're doing that and that's what you're monetizing, you're happy, man. So So then the next step is like, okay, then do you wanna build a business and scale around that or not? And if you can be someone that gets to that point Of scaling that business around it and what you make the scale of your business around it be how can I create these roles for people to do what they love doing that they're really really good at and be doing that all the time that's when you're that's when you're providing that true joy for people right so so I long answer longer I think that that's what it is it it, it took away it took away that governor of of scarcity for me and that's the positive side of it the negative side of it it made me very very complacent Mm -hmm. and i don't know if that's negative right like i i i think that there's no growth without struggle and not knowing what struggle is for 32 years of my life until my brother got sick I want to trade that, like, you know, like, I'm good, man. Like, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm playing with house money. Like, you know, the rest of my life could be struggle, but I had these like first thirty years of my life that I shit you not. There was no problem that I had that I didn't create on my own. Like, everything else around my life was very stable, and I can't discount how instrumental that was to forming me as such a positive person, and which I think is something that opens a lot of doors for me mm. right? so I don't know I think that's the overall effect it had on me mm. I, I don't think I ever once as a kid was like oh I need to see what Agustin Ariano is doing and I want to copy that or I want to see what um, you know my father's associates were doing and, and and try to deconstruct that in any way and I was never instructed in that manner but now I'm obsessed with it Right, like now I'm like, oh, okay. So I I say I was thinking a lot because he's the guy that that acquired my consulting company. And then I went in house for him and he had just gotten bought out by OHL, which is this like international conglomerate. And I went to work for him. And he's the guy that was a community builder, right? Like he built his business by being a face to the community and being part of nonprofits Mm -hmm. and all this other stuff. And he very much mentored me in that way when I was working for him. And then, like all great entrepreneurs, when they get bought out by a giant conglomerate, say, fuck you guys, I'm out. <laughs> and, uh, and then the company went to shit. Oh, you know, oh, like, bummer. yeah, yeah, no, but it's, I mean, it's fine, right? Like, he left it, he left a team of just, like, very, you know, closely-knit people. And that was the first example of really seeing that, right? Like, I've, I never saw that with my dad, even though I know my dad was that kind of leader, because when we went back to Spain after not being there for 15 years, he got approached by, like, the bar manager of the Corte Inglés, like, coffee shop. He was like, are you Humberto González? <laughs> you know, like, and we're like, oh, my God, last time in la, 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 the 80s. That was the only time we were happy. Um, wow. And, yeah, so, you know, like, stuff like that. But I never, I never like, I never kind of contextualized that stuff. Um, but working for Agustín was very clear to me that this, like, benefactor of society is a great figurehead for a company and then being part of nonprofits and being on the boards of nonprofits i realized really quickly that i am someone that's always been obsessed with access mm. and the people that have the most access in miami at least are the ones that serve the most
0: wonderful
1: right so that that's kind of like my full that's kind of like my full arc and then at that point it became window instead of mirror it became okay my job is not to be the coolest person in the room my job is to see how many people i can feel like they're the coolest person in the room
0: it's wonderful i love that approach this was awesome. Yes.
1: I feel like you just got me talking for like twelve minutes to finish that thing, which isn't how it's supposed to be. Uh, Amanda, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, what um what's the best way to to get into your universe?
0: Uh, if
1: yeah, before that, uh, yeah, say that.
0: Um. Uh, I would recommend UltimateSalesMachine.com. Mm-hmm. There's a video on, there's actually three videos and the one hour a week formula to help you double your sales. Mm-hmm. And we give that complimentary. So that's a great gift that mm-hmm. everyone can get. UltimateSalesMachine.com, like mm-hmm. the book. Easy peasy. Uh, and then I play around on social medias. Yeah. You can find me there, my name. If you go on Instagram though, it's Amandita. Cause it's Amandita. my salsa name, Amandita. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
1: cool. Um, who do you you're somebody with like a top 0.01% world class network how do you how do you choose who you grow relationships with these days
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a great reaction I, I mean I I spent a good amount of time in a very quiet place in a healing center that could basically have been India but it was in Tampa Florida um, where for for a period of time I, I talked more with plants than I did people mm-hmm. and uh, so I had just recently come out of that quiet still place mm-hmm. and uh, I think it also healed a lot of what had happened previously with relationships in my life and you know when people see money they attack it sure. so yeah um i had a bit of that um and now my approach is is more looking for people that have that similar mindset of wanting to give or looking for a greater purpose and um i i, I find myself building those relationships with 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 those people as well as um Lately, I've been really delighted in some of the people that I've been interacting with that uh, have gotten to a place in their business where they've matured past the, I need to be a part of every day-to-day responsibility, right? Mm -hmm. And it's more empowering their teams and... Because I had really been, I didn't have any friendships that were like that. Because when I was in my early 20s, I was running a couple hundred staff. Like nobody my age was in that at all. So finally now some people around kind of my age demographic are starting to have the maturity of business that I have been experiencing for a bit. So Mm -hmm. that's been really, really nice where, you know, we can talk about our assets or what we're investing in and, you know, yeah. So that that's a personal answer. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, that's what I was looking for. Listen, I um I'm really grateful that for whatever reason we get the chance to grow our relationship.
0: Yeah.
1: So, you know, I think I,
0: we have a lot of similar values.
1: I think so too, and I think that that's the key, right? Like I think no matter what culture or whatever, like if you can Jerry talks about all the time, core values are like the bumper lanes, right? Yes. Like if you can if you can have If you have similar core values and you're out there kind of espousing your core values, you kind of frictionlessly attract people that fit within that, right?
0: I believe in that wholeheartedly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like it's going to be impossible to be my friend if you are constantly using single use plastic containers. (laughs) You know, like at some point, at some point, you're going to get a reusable water bottle because I'm going to be giving you environmental demerits all the time. but yeah, like I, I like I just I, I brought that up to say that I'm really grateful that you and me have been able to get to this point. Yes. And uh, I look forward to continuing our friendship and doing stuff together and and uh, and keep adding value to each other's lives. Thanks for doing this. Thank you.
0: Subscribe for more videos. Claim your free chapter four of the Ultimate Sales Machine. This chapter helps you get nine times more impact from every move you make. Visit ultimatesalesmachine.com. This has been the CEO Mastery Podcast brought to you by the ultimate sales machine.